Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Always good to be here on Listen Up. Grant Napier with you. And uh, the big news today in the National Football League, Antonio Brown, along with backup defensive back Mike Edwards and a... uh, player that was waived back in August caught cheating as it relates to their vaccination status. Antonio Brown suspended for three games without pay. So what's new? Antonio Brown. I've said this many times and I'm going to say it again. I don't understand how this guy is still able to make a living in the National Football League. I really don't. I mean, how many times do we have to hear about Antonio Brown and in a negative light? It's just amazing to me. It really is. So he got a fake vaccination card. And the thing that's very interesting about this suspension is the fact that it was agreed by the NFL Players Association. So it was a joint suspension. Both the NFL and the NFLPA agreed that this suspension should take place without pay, by the way. It's going to cost Antonio Brown over $500,000. I hope trying to cheat the system and having a fake vaccination card is worth over a half million dollars. It's unbelievable to me. It really, maybe it's not unbelievable because it's Antonio Brown. And I have to ask, what's next with him? Same thing all the time. It never ends with Antonio Brown. It really doesn't. Just uh, it never seems to end. Hey, if you want to come on the show today, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we'll do it. But Antonio Brown out for three games without pay. Suspended for three games without pay. Just never ends. And I just did a one-hour show with Sean Salisbury over on No Filter. And Sean talked about, you know, the disrespecting of your teammates. Antonio Brown doesn't care about his teammates. Did he care about his teammates in Pittsburgh? Did he care about his teammates in Oakland? I mean, we can go on and on with this. It just never ends with Antonio Brown. Never ends. So, again, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will get you right on. Uh, tonight, you've got Dallas and New Orleans, Thursday night football. I will be shocked if Dallas loses this game. They have not played well. They've dropped three or four. You know, the game at home against Denver, they bounce back and kill Atlanta. Then they go on the road to Kansas City and lose. And then they lose on Thanksgiving Day to the Raiders. 
So now they go to a Saints team that's got injuries all over the football field. Uh, I will be very surprised, very surprised indeed, if the Dallas Cowboys uh, do not win tonight. What do you think about the game tonight? Let me know. Uh, Hit your hand icon. Let's talk some NFL football. Also, let's talk about some of the big college games on Saturday. You got number one, uh, Georgia, taking on number three, Alabama. Alabama may be without three key starters. Uh, They're starting running back Robinson. They're starting center. They're starting a defensive back uh, against the Georgia team that, to me, is clearly better on both sides. Well, I don't know if they're better offensively, but they're clearly much, much better defensively. Uh, Georgia has shown that they are the real freaking deal uh, this year. I know Nick Saban is Nick Saban. I get that. But if Georgia does not beat Alabama on Saturday, they may never beat Alabama. You could not have the table set any better. Here's something else for Georgia. Even if they lose, they're in. Even if they lose to Alabama, they're going to be in the college football playoff. So they can go loosey-goosey. They have everything in their control. And to me, the only way Alabama makes it to the college football playoff is if number two Michigan loses to Iowa and Cincinnati loses to Houston. That's the only way I see it. You've got Oklahoma State taking on Baylor. I think that's going to be a very close game. Cincinnati playing Houston. Again, Houston is not chopped liver, but Cincinnati should should be able to win that game. The question for Michigan after their Super Bowl win against Ohio State, because that's really what it was, are they able to refocus and get ready to go on Saturday against Iowa? I think they are. They will. But that's something to uh, keep in check. Now, what would happen if Alabama lost a very close game to Georgia, number two Michigan got upset, and Cincinnati lost? Then what would happen? If Oklahoma State wins, they're in. Notre Dame would probably be in. What would happen if Michigan loses, if Cincinnati loses, and Oklahoma State loses? Would Alabama get in with two losses if if they're in a close game? So if you want to talk about that, just hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and I'll put you right on. The other uh, big game this weekend in the National Football League is on Monday night. You've got the rookie and Mac Jones going into Buffalo. They are going to play twice in the next three weeks, and no one really is playing better than the New England Patriots right now. I mean, they are really playing well. And that, though, is going to be as difficult as they come. All right? You got Dallas and New Orleans tonight. Tampa is at Atlanta. Arizona travels to Chicago. Chargers are in Cincinnati. That's going to be a good game. Minnesota goes to Motown. Giants are in Miami. Philadelphia is at the Jets. Indianapolis at Houston. You got Washington at Las Vegas. You've got the Rams hosting Jacksonville. Sunday night, Pittsburgh at home to Baltimore. Or excuse me, that's the late game on Sunday. The Sunday night game is Denver at Kansas City. And you have, as I said, New England and Buffalo coming up for you on Monday night. So raise your hand. Tell me what you like in these games. Uh, what do you think about the Antonio Brown? Uh, as I said yesterday, you know, after the Kings got embarrassed at home to the Lakers, it would not surprise me if I would come on today at 3 o'clock Pacific and talk about the Kings winning. That's exactly what they did. It's a Jekyll and Hyde team. Did not surprise me at all that they won last night. Uh, not even in the slightest. Not even in the slightest. You know, the Clippers are not that good. Uh, the Kings 
seem to play much better on the road than they do at home. And that game did not surprise me. It did not surprise me. And I said so here 24 hours ago. I said it that it would not surprise me if I came on today at 3 o'clock uh, talking about that win. So if you want to call, uh, if you want to call, just hit that hand icon. We'll put you on. Give me your sports questions, uh, and we will do it. NBA tonight on a Thursday. We look at the uh, schedule of games. You've got Chicago is in New York to take on the Knicks. Milwaukee is in Toronto. Memphis host Oklahoma City. Phoenix home to Detroit. And Portland will host San Antonio. Phoenix, who's on fire, will be without Devin Booker for a couple of games with a hamstring. Phoenix tomorrow has to rematch with Golden State. But again, Devin Booker with a hamstring injury, and uh, he is going to miss a couple of games for the red-hot, red-hot, sizzling Phoenix Suns. Man, are they just, what they've done, uh, truly unbelievable. Seriously. The Suns have won 17 in a row. They're 18 and three. 18 and three. Can you imagine winning 17 games in a row and being tied atop the conference? Golden State also at 18 and three. All right, again, if you want to come on, raise your hand. I'll put you on stage and you'll come on like E Train. Hello, E Train. How are you today, sir? Yeah, hey, Grant. Um, the, the, with the Kings, you know, having dug themselves such a deep hole, um, if you put the right person in charge tomorrow, how do you even start to get out of the hole that they're in? What would be their roadmap to a successful team at this point? Well, they're not in as, a, as, dig, uh, as, as big of a hole as you think. Uh, the sixth place team right now has 11 losses, uh, as does the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. They all have 11 losses, and the Kings have 14, and it's only December 2nd. So they're not really in as big of a hole as you make it sound, all right? They really aren't. Yeah, they're 9 and 14, but there's a ton of games left. Uh, and again, they're only three games back of five other teams in the loss column. So it's really not as big as you would think. Well, but is this team only going to be good again if they get lucky with some draft picks? No. No, they need to do more than just get lucky with draft picks. Um, they have a team that doesn't fit together right now, in my opinion. They've got a point guard in De'Aaron Fox who uh, has not played anywhere near his capability uh, through uh, the first you know month and a half of the season. That has to change. Uh they just I think they're going to make a lot of moves here before the trade deadline. I really do. This group does not work together, in my opinion. They are. But, you know, with that said, you know, they play the Clippers again on Saturday. Uh, the Clippers play tomorrow against the Lakers. So they're catching them on a, a second night of a back to back. And again, I don't think the Clippers are very good. They really aren't. They're, they're, without Kawhi Leonard, they're a very, very up and down team. They've been more down uh, than anything. They have not played well. Then after the Clippers, uh, the Kings have Orlando at home. Orlando beat Denver last night, but they're not very good. Then a tough road trip at Charlotte is good, at Cleveland is good, then at Toronto, and then you come home, and boy, oh boy, how about these games? Washington at home, Memphis at home, San Antonio not good at home, and then you're at Golden State. So you cannot lose games like this game coming up against the Clippers in Orlando because your schedule, Charlotte, Cleveland, Toronto on the road, Washington, Memphis, San Antonio at home, at Golden State, that is a brutal stretch. And you end the season, excuse me, you end the month of December with a home game against the Clippers and Memphis, Oklahoma City, and then you have Dallas 
on the 29th and Dallas on the 31st. Twice in a span of three nights, you got the Dallas Mavericks. So they're not they're not in trouble yet, but they could be because this is a very rough stretch they've got coming up. Perfect. Thanks, Grant. Hey, E-Train, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. But again, they're not in a hole yet. They're not. They're, they're three games back in the loss column of five other teams. And again, they should, and I, I shouldn't ever say this with Sacramento, they should beat the Clippers on Saturday and they should beat Orlando on Wednesday. But then things get very difficult at Charlotte, at Cleveland, at Toronto. Toronto not good, but Charlotte's good. Cleveland's good. And they already beat Charlotte badly once uh, earlier this season. Charlotte will be ready for that game. And then Washington is one of the best teams in basketball this year. And then they got Memphis coming in on the 17th. So, you know, again, a very difficult schedule. That's why you cannot mess up uh, against the Clippers uh, and the Orlando Magic. If you want to come on, just raise your hand. We'll put you right on. You want to talk about the game tonight with Dallas and New Orleans. If you want to talk about uh, the Antonio Brown suspension for three games for deceiving everyone with a fake vaccination card. Uh, we can do that. Is anybody surprised? Seriously. Is anybody surprised with the news today about Antonio Brown? And I know a lot of people are saying, well, gee, how come Aaron Rodgers didn't get suspended? Aaron's mistake was lying to the media or deceiving the media, however you want to describe it. He didn't violate the NFL protocol. He, he basically lied in his press conference back in August. You could call it being deceitful. You could call it lying. Call it whatever you want. But you, you, it's like comparing apples and oranges. It's not the same here. You know what, Antonio Brown, he, he was deceitful. Uh, it was a, a flat-out lie. You know, again, trying to deceive his team, the National Football League, and he got caught. That's it. And now he's out for three games without pay, and that's over – $500,000. Can you imagine? You're going to get a fake vaccination card. It's going to cost you $500,000. Oh, and oh, yeah, by the way, let down every single player in the locker room. But that's Antonio Brown, isn't it? Aren't we used to that with Antonio Brown letting everyone down? Steve is next here on Listen App. Hi, Steve. Hi, Grant. I'm going to take you a little off topic. You've been around a lot of different professional and college sports. We're seeing that these coaches in college are now ringing in uh, eight-figure salaries. Which of these coaches in the different sports that you've been exposed to has the toughest job or is the best value for the dollar? It's a great question. First of all, I think coaches in college, I think it's a disgrace to the university and collegiate system uh, and educational system. I think it's an absolute outrage that our college coaches now are making over $10 million a year with you know, uh, the use of a private jet when they ever want, all their homes paid for, everything else. I think it's I think it's just a real sad commentary on what's going on in our country. In terms of where I think a coach makes the biggest difference, uh, I'd probably say college football. I would say college football uh, and college basketball because the key is recruiting, and you have to have a guy that's able to recruit because if you don't have blue chippers coming into your program, both in basketball and in the uh, and, and in college football, you're not going to be successful. So I would probably say college. But with that said, you know, to play, pay, give college coaches, you know, a, a deal that totals over $100 million. Have we lost our freaking minds in this country? Seriously, think about that. Have we lost our minds? I tend to agree with you, Grant. It's just insane, along with police escorts on the field and off the field are the highest state employees in many of the different states. Yeah. Uh, you know, the police escorts on and off the field, I get. 
I do understand that part of it. Uh, I really do. But the 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 coaches making more, uh, you know, more than ten times than the top professor at any college and university in America. I mean, there's something really wrong with that. It really is. There's, I, I have a real problem with it. I, I'm not. I, I think it's just so out of control. It's so out of whack. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't even know how else to say it. It's just completely out of whack. Grant, when you get to the professional level, where would you, where would you rate the most work? Probably in the National Football League as a head coach. I, I really think that you know a head coach in the NFL, I would probably put over the NBA because the NBA. You really have to have the players. Uh, if you don't have the players, it really doesn't matter how good the coach is uh, because there's only five players on the floor at once, and one player can make that big of a difference. So to me, I'm not saying that coaching in the NBA is not important, but I can't compare it to the NFL. I think in the NFL, it's much, much more important. Baseball, I don't know about. Uh, hockey, I think a coach is very important, but I think in the four major sports, I would put the NFL at number one, and basketball I would not put anywhere near number one as far as the importance of a coach. Again, I'm not saying it's not important, but not nearly as important in my opinion. Grant, thank you. I appreciate your time on that question. Hey, Steve, you have a great uh, rest of the evening. Thank you very much. Appreciate all it. Right. Good, Very good stuff right there. Hey, if you want to come on, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, and we will do it. We'll put you right on on this uh, Thursday night. Again, you've got Dallas and New Orleans coming up tonight. Uh, college football on Saturday, I mean, all day, and every game is huge. Then you have the games on Sunday with, I think, the best game of the weekend, Monday night. I think the Denver-Kansas City game could be interesting on Sunday night, but the game this weekend in the National Football League has Buffalo and New England up in Buffalo, and then they play again in two weeks uh, in New England. I think that is uh, the top game uh, on the card. So, again, hit me up with the uh, – questions i'll put you up on stage hit your hand icon baseball with a lockout i did a rant on this today who cares seriously you losing sleep over the fact that billionaires and millionaires can't come to terms on an agreement they can't even spend 10 minutes in the room together uh, screw them seriously you know what wake me up when your season starts and if it starts in july or august who cares i don't care i really don't i feel bad for the people that own restaurants i feel people in the uh, feel bad for the concessionaires the ushers uh, the people that make money off parking, bars, those are the people I feel sorry for. I don't feel sorry for the major league players. I don't feel sorry for the owners. I feel sorry for the people that really need the revenue from games. That's who I feel sorry for. It's awful. Absolutely awful. Just like people not going to the Kings games. You know, instead of having 17,000, now you have 8,000 or 9,000 or 7,000. The domino effect, you know, in Doco and all those restaurants and bars, parking. I mean, I can go on and on. Those are the people I feel bad for. But when you don't have games, you know, if you're going to have a lockout, and again, it's only December, so you, nothing is being missed right now. But I, I just don't care. So you're going to spare me watching a three-hour baseball game with 20 strikeouts and a game that has, you know, 15 pitchers that goes on and on and on. Yeah, go ahead. You know what? Make my day. Stay out of stay stay off the field for a while. But again, I really feel bad for the people that are so dependent on the income. Uh, from these games so again hit me up with a question if you want to talk about the game tonight college football the Patriots and the Bills any of the other big games coming up on Sunday you want to talk about that uh, malcontent that guy that to me should not be playing in the National Football League because of his behavior Antonio Brown uh, I just uh, the guy drives me crazy 
He really does. He really does drive us crazy. Let's get to Jay. Jay, you're on with Grant on Listen App. How are you, sir? <laughs> hey, Grant. Excellent. Hey, I got to tell you, your show pre preceding this with, with Sean on, um, on No Filter Network, I, I almost drove off the road laughing so hard. That, <laughs> that was awesome, man. You guys you guys did just do fabulous with that. Sean has, is hilarious. Uh, he is. Well done. Thank well you. I, I gotta. I have so much admiration and respect for Sean and everything that he's gone through in his life. What he does, you know, he's he he lets his actions speak uh, rather than words. Uh, he's such a charitable person. He's changed people's lives around. The homeless person, Russell. I mean, I can go on and on. Sean is a very special human being, and it's an absolute privilege for me to be doing the show with him on No Filter twice a week. Well, you guys, you guys did awesome, and anybody who missed it, they need to go check it out because uh, it it was it was hilarious and uh, just massive, massively entertaining. Thank well, you. Well yeah, done. I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna post it a little bit later this evening on my YouTube channel. So for folks that uh, did not get a chance, if you want, you'll have it uh, on my YouTube channel a little bit later this evening. Yeah, excellent. Hey, a couple, couple things. So uh, on the Kings, you were spot on. Yep, go down. No Harrison Barnes, of course. The the uh, Clippers didn't didn't have uh, Paul George, and you know they they, they kind of go wire to wire. And now probably what will happen on Saturday is the Kings will lose by thirty. But um, <laughs> right, but 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 uh, we'll see. I, you know, I, I one of the other with the Kings, I I just think that you know be, because I think this is who they are. You know, they're 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 gonna they're gonna win some games that they shouldn't win, and they're gonna get blown out you know more times than than they should. It, it, it probably after the December fifteenth um, uh, time frame when I think I think that's when free agents can get traded. I, I just think the Kings are going to have to do something that's going to be uncomfortable, whether it's a, a whether it's a Buddy Hield trade or a De'Aaron Fox trade. Uh, they to do something to go in a different direction, just so we can have a different outcome. Otherwise, we're always going to be that 10, 11, 12th seed with the ninth, tenth pick, and yep. we're we're, we're going to be in limbo, not being able to sign free agents just because of the of, of how the team goes. I I think that I think it's going to. I'm not buying into the oh we got to we got to do the whole tank thing like um, the 76ers did, but they got to do something. They got to do something to to change things up, and I think it's going to have to get uncomfortable before it gets comfortable just just to be able to change where the direction I agree going. listen there's a saying if it ain't broke don't fix it well this is broken and it needs to be fixed and I'm with you hundred uh, percent and and you're right about last night you know they gave uh, Paul George the night off all right I mean they just gave him the night off it he's not hurt and it's just amazing to me here we are in December December 1st last night and Paul George gets the night off it's just it, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I, I know he's played a lot of minutes. You know, they got a back-to-back, -back, a game Friday and a game Saturday in Sacramento. But it just um, uh, so odd to me that the players just get nights off like that. Yeah, that's odd. That's odd. Hey, one other thing. W would you consider um, on, a, on a Thursday or Friday hosting a um, – uh, ha having a guest that would discuss some of the upcoming uh, games via, via the – the betting, the betting side of the fence, you know, different hosts have had like fantasy folks on and things like that. But the, the, yeah, um, yeah the, 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 you know, the, just, just the light bet, you know, the, the, not the heavy gambling, but just the, the sure. you know, a lot of folks bet. And I think, I think yeah, it would be a really interesting show to hear from somebody to, to, to talk about that. You and Sean covered a, you know, yeah. hit, hit, a, hit on stuff a little bit. And I find it really fascinating and I, hey. and I pay attention to it. You know, yeah, I'll tell you, I'm actually, it's interesting you br brought that up. I'm actually talking with someone right now about that very subject. So I'm hoping that we can start doing it soon because I'm with you. A lot of people love it. And, 
regardless of, I don't really, and I really mean this, I don't bet on sports, but I'm naive to think that it's not done by a whole bunch of people. So yes, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Excellent. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. All right. All right if you want to come on, all you have to do is uh, raise your hand. And as I was speaking, I just saw a flash come across my screen that now uh, there have been five cases in New York of the new variant, the Omicron variant. Now, five cases have uh, been found in New York. I, I just wonder where we're going with all of this. You know, again, there's still a lot of information that we don't know the seriousness of it, whether the, you know, your, your vaccine works for this variant. And, you know, I can go on and on and on, but uh, I just saw that come across as I was uh, ending my conversation uh, with Jay. So again, it's hit New York and five cases, all right, have been detected in New York City. Not to go off on a tangent here, but, you know, I don't want to just talk about sports all the time. And uh, I just, you know, I wonder what we're going to be talking about uh, next week. So they said five confirmed cases, one in Brooklyn, Queens, and on Long Island uh, in uh, Suffolk County. All right. I guess they said that uh, a Minnesota man visited a convention at the Javits Center and tested positive for the mutation. And now four other cases have been found in New York. And again, I just, I, I hope I'm wrong here, but what are we going to talk about next week? You know, if this thing uh, is as contagious as they think, oh boy, you know, we always thought, we thought we were on the back end of this and I hope we are, but man, I just saw that come across. And I wanted to point that out. I know there was a, a confirmed case in California yesterday. So as they say, uh, fasten your seatbelts on this. All right, if you want to come on, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will do it again tonight. You've got Dallas and New Orleans. I break down this game this way, all right? The Cowboys are a better team than New Orleans, period. The Saints have a lot of players that are out. I don't care that the game is in New Orleans. Dallas should, they should be able to control this game. They really should. This game should not be close tonight. I know the Cowboys have lost three of their last four, but this game tonight in New Orleans should not be close when the fourth quarter starts. Uh, again, I would be surprised if Dallas does not win this game by double digits. And if Dallas loses tonight, they're done. You can cross them right off your list. Yeah, you can, you know, if you're thinking Super Bowl with the Cowboys, if they lose tonight, that's out the window. That's not happening. You know, you can't be losing four or five games at this time of the year and just think that everything's going to be fine and dandy. This is pretty much a must-win game. Not must-win to make the playoffs, but in terms of getting momentum, feeling good about yourself, uh, no excuse to be losing to New Orleans, who they've lost uh, four games in a row. Four games in a row the Saints have lost. They, they got injuries all over the place, all right? Hill's the quarterback. No Kamara. I mean, I go, there, there's a lot of guys that are out. Both uh, offensive tackles, I believe, are out. It's a bad, bad situation 
uh, for the Saints. So, hey, if you want to come on and talk about the game tonight, you want to talk about some college football, you want to talk about Antonio Brown, you want to talk about the Kings or the NBA, I'm happy to take your phone call or excuse me, yeah, your phone calls. Just hit your hand icon, raise your hand. Uh, and I will put you uh, right on. By the way, what uh, Jay was talking about a couple of moments ago, Tuesdays and Thursdays on No Filter Network, nofilter.net, uh, I do a show with Sean Salisbury. Uh, this was a network started by former Major League Baseball player Eric Burns. And if you go to nofilter.net, you can see some of the people that they have on. They have some great shows. Burnsy does a show with Will Clark, and it's called uh, Deuces Wild. Uh, because they both wore number 22 and it's a fabulous fabulous show and eric burns has he's an amazing uh personality he's very effervescent very vibrant and it's been a lot of fun burnsy also does a show called daily hustle burnsy is a, a a workout freak you know he did a triathlon across america i mean he swam from San Francisco to Oakland, rode his bike from Oakland to Chicago, and then ran from Chicago to New York to bring awareness to uh, the issues that our country is facing with our physical fitness programs being cut and child obesity and everything else. And Bernsey does a great job. But anyway, you might find, I think you would find it, there's a lot of really good programming on No Filter Network. And yes, you can watch it live, but you can go back, you can watch the recording of it. And uh, they've got, you know, some really good programs on there. But I love, absolutely love with uh, when Eric Burns is on there with uh, Will Clark. Really good show. And again, I'm on Tuesdays and Thursdays most weeks. If we have a schedule conflict, sometimes we only do, you know, one show a week but pretty much uh we do uh two and if one of us has a conflict you know we'll drop it down to one but love doing it again for those of you that did not get a chance to check it out today like jay did i will put it on my youtube channel if you don't like that with grant napier uh when i get done here i'll post it on youtube uh and you can check it out and i would also warn you there's some coarse language so if the f word uh bothers you you probably don't want to check out today's episode because there was a very funny funny uh, part involving one of Sean's former coaches. And it was just uh, a heck of a entertaining show. Uh, and then I played a video of that coach on YouTube over the show. So it's, it's hilarious. But if you're offended by swearing and you're offended by the F word, then don't, don't check it out. All right. I'll put that little disclaimer, but I would hope that most of us are adults and get past that, but to each their own. All right, so that's coming on. Just check out my YouTube channel a little bit. And tomorrow on my podcast, uh, I'm going to have Andrew Bogut on. And I love Andrew and I got into what I've been trying to stress on my podcast and on my rants and here on Listen App. Too many people turn their head the other way and are afraid to speak up for what's right. And I really appreciate Andrew Bogut not burying his head in the sand on important issues. And we talked about being an adult and being able to have a conversation without hating one another. We also talk about playing in Australia, his career in the NBA, his time with the Warriors. I asked him about Ben Simmons. Uh, he's been very outspoken about 
the government's role with this pandemic as it relates to COVID-19 in Australia. We talk about that and we talk about, you know, adults not being able to talk anymore without hatred and without differences of opinions that end up being just, you know, going down south. And so it's a very interesting conversation uh, that I had with Andrew Bogut. Uh, it will be available on all of my uh, or on all of the podcast platforms tomorrow. My conversation with uh, Andrew Bogut. I really uh, enjoyed that. He is down in Melbourne, and so I recorded the conversation. And he also said something at the end that blew me away. And I don't really like talking about myself that much because that's not why uh, I got into this business. But sometimes, like I don't, I don't like reflect. Like, I've always tried to explain this to people. Like, right now, I'm in a room all by myself. I'm not aware of who I'm talking to because I'm by myself. When I used to do my radio show in Sacramento, I was either in the studio by myself or with one other person. You know, you don't really get a sense of how many people may be listening to you. And when you do a game on TV, you know, you're in the moment you're announcing a game. You're not really thinking about who may be watching the game. Like, that doesn't really enter your mind. And... I remember Aaron Rodgers. I've told this story when Aaron just graduated from Cal and came on my show with Mike Lamb in Sacramento, but I was off that day. And Aaron said to Mike, he goes, where's Grant? And they said, Grant's off today. And he goes, what do you mean he's off? He's the only reason why I came on the show. He's he's an idol of mine. And you know, you don't, you don't think about it, but Aaron grew up as a diehard Sacramento Kings fan in Chico. So he grew up watching me. And like, I don't, like, I, it's just kind of weird. But Andrew Bogut, when we got done with the interview, said, hey, I got to tell you something. And he goes, I grew up, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of those great Sacramento Kings teams. He goes, I was a big Jason Williams fan and Vladdy and C-Webb. And he goes, so your voice to me is very familiar because I used to watch you all the time. And, you know, you don't really think of it. You know, here's a guy in Australia. All right. Australia. Watching the Sacramento Kings games. Like you know, I, I don't do Kings games and think, geez, there are people all over the world watching. I used to get text messages in the middle of telecast, and I mean this, from people watching over in China. And I would get a message, hey, I can't believe it, but I'm in Beijing and I'm watching your game right now. And I would just be like, blew me away. You know, and then I always tell about Danny in England who watched every game. And then I remember when I went to Serbia in 2007 for Vladi's retirement week. And the NBA fans over there were just unbelievable. And how many conversations I had with Serbian folks over there that were Kings fans that they, they, they knew me. They would come up, hey, man, I love watching your games. And, you know, you don't really think about it. Like you're doing a game, you're announcing a game, and you, you have no idea who's watching. You have no, and it's just when you sit down and think about how many people around the world Watch NBA basketball, and when you're doing a game that there are people everywhere that are watching, it's just kind of like, wow, because you don't think of that when you're doing the games. You know, when I'm on the radio or I'm on Listen App or I'm on No Filter or whatever the case may be, you know, you're just sitting there having a conversation. I'm not sitting there trying to figure out, gee, you know, who's listening, who's watching, uh, it's just been an amazing aspect of what we do in broadcasting. 
So I was appreciative of Andrew Bogart to say that uh, because it just threw me for a loop. Ken, you're on with Grant on Listen Up. How are you today? Good. Hey, thank Grant, you very you? much. Hey, uh, I don't got much sports to talk about. I boycotted the Kings Clipper game after the debacle of the Laker game. I was like, I don't got time for this tonight. So uh, I don't got much Kings talk. But uh, I was wondering, uh, can I share a, a, a short story on how I almost met you uh, like 17 years ago when yes. I was a kid? Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, like I'm 34. I was like 17. One of my first jobs uh, was at that Fats and Folsom. I was part of uh, the, the grand opening crew. Are you familiar with that restaurant? Sure am. Absolutely. So I, I got one of my first jobs as a bus busser. uh and I wasn't very good at it at all. I hated it, but I couldn't quit because my dad would kill me or not kill me, but right. wouldn't be right. happy if I'm just quitting. <laughs> so I just did the best I can and, uh, you know, came in for uh, at like noon and right away I'm picking up some dishes, heading back to the back, drop, drop some dishes. The coffee creamer goes everywhere. Everybody's giving me the stink eye. So, uh, the, the, the evening goes on. It's the, it's the, I don't know, early evening. And they got these big trays and you got to load them up with waters and you have to lift them over your head. And then you got to reach and, and put them down by everybody and excuse my reach, sir. Excuse me. Well, when I did that, man, it, it tips and about 20 waters came down on some guy's back, you know, hard glasses. I felt <laughs> terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Not a good first that, day. It wasn't my first day, Grant. Oh. <laughs> this was, this was, I was terrible at it. I'm going to say that. Well, so I, I'm pretty much uh, in the doghouse in the whole restaurant. Nobody really wants to talk to me. And uh, so the night comes, and uh, guess who sits down in my section? Uh, the legend Grant Napier himself. Wow. <laughs> and uh, back then, you, you were like, I don't, I don't know, like, what are you, C, C or B less celebrity in Sacramento? It was King's, King's Mania, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, I was a huge fan, uh, watched all the games since I was a little kid, and I, I couldn't wait, went to go grab the waters coming out, and my before I could go set the waters down, my waiter just put his hand on my chest, and he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Napier's waters. He's like, no, nah, <laughs> man, nah, we're going to Juan on this one, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna have to- How about that? <laughs> probably That's a funny. good thing, man. I, I probably would have went up and, and gave you the best uh, – if you don't like that, you know, impression. <laughs> and you may and you may have spilled the water on me, too. Uh, to, uh, you never know, right? Yeah, yeah. It probably wouldn't have been good. But, uh, I love yeah, that story. That. I love it. <laughs> but uh, so I got one more thing, and I'm yep. probably going to sound like an idiot, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, so your famous line of if you don't like that, you know, the NBA basketball, you yep. know, everyone knows that. But it's actually not my favorite call of yours. Um, the one that, that really gets – gets me off the, the couch because it doesn't happen very much because the Kings aren't that good. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to do my best Grant Napier impression. Okay. I hope I don't sound too r- ridiculous, but here I go. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Turn the sprinkler systems on because Buddy Heald is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, Ken, that that's good. Going, that's man. good. I appreciate it. And I love your story. And thank you so much for following me here on Listen App. And uh, make sure you call again, okay? All right, man. Take care. All right, you too. I love it. I love it. I just do. I really do. So it's so much fun to talk to the fans. That's why I love being on Listen App 
because this is such a, a great platform for me to reach out and talk to so many fans. Liam is with us. Hello, Liam. How are you? I'm doing great, Grant. How are you? Good to hear your voice. I'm well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to listen to you on the app. It's just like listening to you on the uh, the radio back when I was in high school. So thank you, buddy. Thank you for doing this. But I, I wanted to one-up Ken. On my first day at a restaurant, I spilled a bunch of edamame beans on a lady, mm. and it turned out to be the owner's wife. So oh, I, boy. You know, I, might, oh, wow. I might have a one-up on Ken there. So. <laughs> How yeah. about that, huh? Oh, but anyway, man. I... I wanted to tell you about a, a story that that I had that had to do with kind of your your international reach back at your time at the Kings. Yeah. And uh, I'm in a program now, and there's a lot of kids from China here, and a, a bunch of them are huge basketball fans. They're all about my age, 20, 23, 24, and uh, so they know all like kind of the big teams and the big players. They follow players more than they do teams. But they were like, "Well, where are you from?" And I said, "Oh, Sacramento." And they they, "Oh, you're a Kings fan?" And I go, "Yeah, of course." And uh, I was talking to a couple of them, and uh, they both knew the whole, if you don't like that. And, wow. And I was like, wow, these two kids from complete separate areas of China, both knew. You know, I don't know if they knew your name, but they knew the call. So That's amazing. Um, you know, we, we, we were over in China twice with the Kings in 2004 and 2014, both in Shanghai and Beijing. And it was one of the great experiences that I've had uh, covering sports, and they are huge huge basketball fans yeah. uh, in China. But it's just, I don't really think of that. But I will tell you another story. When my son went to college in San Diego, uh, he told me that his buddies that were not from the Sacramento area, they were from Southern California. You know, they get talking about what your mom does, what your dad does. And when they told them, when they when he told them what, you know, his dad did, they said the same thing. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. It's it's just amazing, yeah. like how that catchphrase caught on. And it's it's um it just came out one game, Liam. I didn't really rehearse it. I didn't write it down. It just kind of came out one night, and it just stuck. You know. Yeah, I think you might have talked about that with uh, Mike Breen. He's the New, yes. New York. Yes, because yeah, he has his, you know, he's got his bang. Yep. And yep. I think you might have mentioned it, but I was going to ask, but you you answered my question before I could ask. But absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Hey, listen, uh, give your parents my best. It's great uh, hearing from you again. I Didn't you come into my studio like years ago when you were in high school? I did. That was yep. It was amazing. I, I emailed about an internship, and I think uh, whoever was, was running the office at that time, they didn't allow internships, but you, you were very gracious and let me come in for a day. And I remember I was thinking about it when I was listening to you a couple days ago. It was uh, just a very kind of boring dog days of summer. You know, only thing is midseason baseball. And there was a uh, the the only thing going was the NFL schedule just came out. Oh, okay. And the, and the Raiders had just got a game in London, but it was marked as an away game, and they were kind of like a borderline playoff team. And I remember, I hope I'm not giving any trade secrets away, but you were like, "Well, we've got you know, it's a four hour show, we got to cover it." And so you got you know pretty pretty riled up that like, <laughs> Raiders fans like, right. "Aren't you pissed off that you got you got this London game? I guess that's cool, but it's an away game that takes a home game away from you. You're playing." Yeah, I know Jacksonville sure. or someone, and they have yep. a home game, or they have a yeah, they have a home game. Out. Yep. No, excuse me, it was a Raiders home game. I it was a Raiders it. home game that they lost. So instead of eight home games, they only got seven that year. That's correct. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah, good memory. But they and then people started calling in, and that was that was the show for an hour, and it was like wow. Yep. That's, that's Listen, a, on slow days, I always re, on slow days, and summer was always the worst. I hated doing the shows in the summer because there was nothing going on. But you would have to just figure out a way to stimulate your audience to get them to interact. So, like, I would do that all the time. I'd be like, okay, what can I say to get people fired up uh, to get them interested? 
and it's uh, that to me was the most difficult part of my job were like the the, the month of august um but but I, I there were days liam there were days where you're like you know it's 100 degrees outside there's nothing going on and you're just like oh wow i got a four-hour show today what am i gonna say so i appreciate that man it was great great having you in studio uh and Listen, I, you know how much I love your parents. They're just the best. So give them my best. And uh, thanks very much for chiming in. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Grant. Hope to Thank be you, on back Liam. soon. Yep. Take care. That's good stuff right there. Really is. Just, you know, he probably wouldn't mind me. His uh, his dad is Kelly Brothers, who is so just the best. Um, I've known Kelly for, gosh, forever when he was at KCRA and all of his broadcast work. And he's the nicest 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 guy in the world and you know i know liam's mom and uh they're they're just a fabulous fabulous family i love just they're just great people so i when i saw liam's name come up i was like oh wow okay that's liam brothers and that's somebody that i got to know and had him in in high school and i remember that and so awesome and i felt bad you know that's another thing about this business that really bothered me is there were a lot of people in my profession, and I may be one of them, that would have never made it without internships. I don't know if I would have ever succeeded in broadcasting without the internships that I did at Bowling Green, both my junior and senior year. And I did everything. I did everything. I worked at a small radio station. They gave me my own sports magazine show twice a week that I edited, I produced, I hosted. And then they let me start doing some hockey games. Uh, the owner of the station had just had his second, uh, he and his wife had their second baby. Uh, he had two kids that were two years apart. And so he couldn't go on the road as much to do the hockey games. And, you know, Bowling Green was a national powerhouse in hockey, national powerhouse. And I remember going up to Marquette, Michigan on a 10-hour bus ride with the Bowling Green hockey team. And I remember going into the radio station on Thursday and pack up all the equipment and double check and triple check because once you get up there, you know, you have to have your equipment. And I remember, you know, packing everything up and I was so excited, have the batteries in the tape recorder, have the telephone, have everything I needed. And then I remember getting up to Marquette, Michigan, and it was be 20 below zero. And, you know, you'd have a game on Friday night and a game on Saturday night. And, you know, I'd get to the arena with the team, go right up into the press box, set up all the equipment, call back to the Bowling Green station to make sure we had a connection. Then I would go into the locker room and I would do a pregame interview with the coach. Then I would record two interviews for in-between periods because I was I did everything. I was a one-man band. I did the pregame. I did the play-by-play, -play, no color man. I did the in-between period. I did the postgame. And that was such a phenomenal, phenomenal experience for me and for those that have listened to me over the years hockey was always my favorite sport to announce and bowling green was a national powerhouse and i did so much hockey my junior year in college i was doing division one hockey and then my senior year and then i actually got my first job out of college there i'll never forget it they paid me 224 dollars every uh every two weeks that was my salary i was a morning dj I had to get there at six in the morning i was an account executive so i would go out and do radio sales and then I was doing play-by-play -play of a lot of the hockey. And I would have never had that opportunity had it not been for my internships. And I remember when at KHDK, 
they said we can't have interns anymore. I was like, what do you mean you can't have interns anymore? I mean, gosh, you know how many interns have come through the station there when I was there that have gone on and had really successful broadcast careers? And you're telling me, I mean, Eric Hasseltine, the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies is one. I mean, we had a lot of talent there. You know, Tim Roy was there, and he went on, and he's still the Warriors announcer. Brian Wheeler left, not that he was an intern, but Wheels left to, you know, be the voice of the Blazers. And there were a lot of uh, uh, production people there that are working, you know, big time now. They're they because of internships. It it really, I was so sad. I really mean this. I was so sad for so many students that didn't get the opportunity to do internships anymore there. And I know that's happened in a lot of other uh, areas because you have to pay now and all the rules. You know what? Let me tell you something. Interns don't need to be paid and they don't want to be paid. I never wanted to be paid. I never thought about being paid when I did an in internship. I was all about paying my dues. And if they needed me to work at three in the morning, I was going to be in there at three in the morning. And if I was going to be away for a whole weekend, and missed my fraternity party on Friday night and Saturday night because I was announcing hockey. Are you kidding me? That's why I went to college for. Yeah, I missed fun uh, when I was on the road, but I didn't care. And do, do, I, I don't know if I would have made it in broadcasting without my internship. I don't know if I would have had that opportunity to get a job right out of college. And so it really it sucks what's going on in our country right now as it relates to internships. You know, the internships are not as available as they used to be. You know, due to, you know, well, gee, if you if you're in the if you're in the station and you're technically working, well, you need to be paid. Why? What you know, who makes these stupid ass rules and laws? No, you don't. Interns aren't. Shouldn't be paid. Interns don't need to be paid. It's part of their college curriculum. All right. I didn't, I didn't get paid to go to college. Well, technically I did. I got, you know, I got a lacrosse scholarship, not a full scholarship. But my point is. I just, it bothers me to all end that, or to no end, I should say, that that opportunity has been lost to so many students. And I love working with my interns and I think I helped them. And I, you know, at Channel 31, I had so many interns. Larry Kruger was my intern. Larry is a big time radio guy in San Francisco. Larry was my intern. I had many interns at 31 and guess what i let them do everything i let them edit my shows i let them go on and practice anchoring on the sets steve buzzard was an intern of mine i mean i would let them go on the set at channel 31 and i would help them put together a sports cast so they would have something on tape so that they could send out to get a job like i love doing that i love helping out the college students i used to do that all the time i had so many interns at channel 31 that went on and made it in this business. And I'm not saying they made it because of me, but I always love giving back to the college students. And that now, that opportunity has been just lost by uh, too many radio and TV stations because of these stupid ass, you know, legislation, tax laws, payment, you know, stop it already. I guarantee you that the vast majority of college students would say, yes, give me the internship. No, I don't care if you pay me or not. All right. It's about making it in this business. It's about paying your dues. It's about earning your place 
you know, I used to commute back and forth from Long Island to Toledo, Ohio, to do the sports on the news at five bucks an hour, filling in for the weekend guy, Michael Regai, who went on and was an anchor in Cleveland and then became the TV voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Michael would call me up on Thursday nights sometimes. He goes, Napes, can you work this weekend? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'd get my little Subaru with no air conditioning, and I would drive 10 hours. I would stay at my buddy's house in Bowling Green, the same guy that owned the radio station that had the, the, the babies. And then I would do a five-minute sportscast on Saturday, a five-minute sportscast on Sunday, then get in the car on Monday and drive 10 hours back to Long Island. That's how I got my resume tape. That's, I did that for eight or nine months, and I learned how to shoot video. So I would go to Toledo Mudhen games. I remember doing, being at the Mudhen games when they had the team that went on and won the World Series for Minnesota. They had Kirby Puckett playing for the Toledo Mudhens, Gary Gaetti, Tim Tuffle. That whole team went on and won the World Series. I covered them. I remember going into Detroit and covering the Tigers when they got off to the 35-5 and five start. And I've always told the story of the Sparky Anderson. You know, I was there when on a Sunday, NBC Game of the Week, and I remember sitting and having a pregame meal with Joe Garagiola in the Tigers media room. And then after the game, interviewing Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker, I couldn't get into Sparky's office because it was packed. And I, and I was walking out. Sparky was in the office. No shirt on. I knock on the door and I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I could, could I get a quick word with you? He goes, yeah, come on in. I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I couldn't get in because there was no room. He says, I've never seen you before. I said, yeah, you know, I work in part time in Toledo. I uh, went to college at Bowling Green. He started asking me where I'm from. And I was just like blown away. He could not have been nicer to me. And uh, he said, let me put a shirt on for you. I go, that's all right. We'll just shoot you from the shoulders up. He goes, no, no, no. Let me put a shirt on for you. I'm like, okay. And I talked to Sparky. I asked him like three questions. And he said, hey, you're welcome here anytime. Thank you very much. And I was just blown away. I'm like, I'm talking to Sparky freaking Anderson, you know, who was the manager of the Big Red Machine with the Cincinnati Reds, managed Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and Tom Seaver and Joe Morgan. And now he's going to win a World Series with Detroit. And, you know, later on, I had I didn't know Sparky was a California guy. And years after that, I had him on my radio show in Sacramento and I told him the story. And he goes, I actually remember that story. And then he said, hey, I'm a fan of yours. You know, I watch the Kings and I'm just like, wow, wait a minute. You know, like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're a fan of mine? Like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I was just like, it's just amazing. Like, the experiences that I had in this business and how, like, I got asked to fill in on a weekend sportscast for five bucks an hour and I was living in New York. Five bucks an hour. And like, you think I was going to say no because they weren't paying me enough? Are you kidding me? Like I did that for eight or nine months, which led to my first full-time job in TV in Decatur, Illinois. And by the way, that salary was my first full-time job was under $13,000, $12,300 to be the weekend sports anchor and a news photographer during the week. I used to talk to, I had a podcast a couple of months ago with Doug Wolf, who's still there at the station. And I used to have to go out with Doug and other news reporters, and I hated it. I'd have to go to city council meetings. They would send me out to shoot a car accident or a fire. Or, and I was like, man, and I did that for like eight or nine months until they could make me a full-time sports guy. But, you know, again, when I hear about like no internships, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, do you know how many people are just dying to get into this profession and the opportunities just don't exist like they used to because of lack of internships? Like I can't even – I would hate to even 
contemplate, I would hate to even think where my career may have gone had it not been for that internship in Bowling Green. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, all the play-by-play -play experience that I got, because you do not learn this profession in the classroom. I think I took three classes in four years that helped me in my profession. One was a journalism, law, and ethics class. And you learned how, what you could and could not say, and you learned about libel and defamation of character and how you had to be so careful when you were on the air. And it, it taught you, like, that was such a phenomenal class. Like, it was my, it was my favorite class that I took in four years of college was journalism, law and ethics. And I learned so much in that class. And then there were two other classes. They were like radio TV production classes where you kind of mimic doing a sports cast, but that's it. Those are the only three classes in four years that I look back on and say, well, that really helped me. And the rest of the classes, no, no, not at all. So, you know, I know I kind of got off on a tangent here, but I love talking about, you know, Liam just brought back a lot of memories for me because I used to love having students come in to my studio. I used to love that. I used to love it. I used to love talking to youth. I loved helping out young men and women. Uh, I had a gal come in, you know, her name's Alex Eshelman. She came in a couple of years ago. She had just graduated from Arizona State, or excuse me, Arizona. Boy, she'll kill me if I she ever hears that. And um, she was a cheerleader at Arizona and did all kinds of work and then got an internship at the Pac-12 network. And then now is working in full-time TV up in Montana. But I actually not only had her in the studio with me, I actually had her come on the radio for a segment to see how she would do. And so she could kind of see what it's like to have a microphone in front of you on a live 50,000 watt station. So I used to love doing stuff like that. I miss that. Like I, I really do. I, I miss that. Uh, as much as uh, anything. All right, Thursday night football coming up tonight. You have got uh, Dallas and New Orleans. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be back with you at 3 o'clock. So I hope you can join me. We'll get you ready uh, for the big, big weekend of football. It starts on Saturday with some big-time college games. I cannot thank all of you for your support here on Listen App. Pass the word on if you don't mind. Tell your friends that I'm coming live uh, at 3 o'clock Pacific. I appreciate your phone calls today. Enjoy your evening. Stay safe. And thank you so much. Grant Napier is saying so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to me on Listen App. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.